Good morning, Lifeline. Man, don't you just love that last song? I love to just sit at home with my guitar and play that. Uh, and let's sing that one more time. I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. I may be weak, your spirit's strong in me. My flesh may fail, my God, you never will. Lord God, there is no one like you. Who in all the earth could just make you feel like you make us feel when we get in your presence? There's nothing like it, Lord. And I pray that I never get used to it. I pray that it's always new and fresh to me. I pray, Lord, that just to have your spirit just to be ever so present and on me, Lord, I just, there's there's nothing like it. I pray, Lord, that you just send an outpouring, Lord, where all of us in here are just feeling you like crazy and loving you and going out and showing the world the light that is inside of us. And Lord, as I turn to this task, Lord, of of trying to communicate just how unbelievable you are and what you did for us and how you took our sin on the cross. Lord, we can we can talk about it. I can come up here and talk about it. I can say good things about it. But without your spirit, Lord, on these words, they're just going to fall flat. So that's what I pray for. Lord, for the Spirit to fill this room and to open our spiritual ears so we will hear. Lord, open our spiritual eyes so that we can see, Lord, maybe for the first time, clearly, Lord, Your love and Your mercy and Your grace. And that we, You plant something inside of us that changes us, that makes us want to go out here and glorify and honor You and show people our good deeds, our light, Lord, so that they may turn and glorify our Father in heaven. There's no one like you, Lord. I need your, your presence on these words. I need your, your words to be my words, your steps to be my steps. Just, just take over this service, Lord, and speak to our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, guys, I don't know if I will ever get used to this. I want y'all to know I'm scared every time I'm driving here. I'm scared every time before I come up here. And I don't know if I want that to go away. You know, sometimes I'll, Lord, take that. No, I don't. It's all right. You know, he's never failed to, to, to show up for me as long as, as long as my heart's right. And I say this stuff in fear. I mean, the fear of the Lord, man, is upon me. What a, I mean, you read in the Bible, you know, don't, if you're going to call yourself a teacher of the word, you're going to be judged more strictly. I'm like, wow, if you're not a teacher of the word, you're judged pretty strictly. It's, uh, it's just a thing that I, I'm telling you, I hope I never, never get used to. And, uh, you know, in, in light of taking communion today, um, I thought of a, a sermon that I called Taking the Exam. Okay, now if you're a student here, you're probably like, Lord have mercy. We get enough of that, you know, Monday through through Friday. I almost called it taking the test. But, you know, in school you have like a bunch of tests, you know. Um, like, But exams are like the big deal at the end, you know. So it's like huge. Uh, and when I taught algebra, like the, it's like the EOC, the end of course is like 20% of your grade. 
And so, you know, before they take it, I'm like, you know, 20% of 180 is like 36 days. This is like equivalent to 36 days. And I'm like, what? That's not And so I just, it's an exam, you know, it's hard. It's going to count against you, you know, if you get this wrong. And, you know, you said you students take these a little more serious than, than tests or quizzes. You know, quizzes, you give out a bunch of them. And tests, you give out more, you know, less, but, you know, there's still a bunch of them. And then exams, man, there's like one. And so I came up, I read this verse as I was, I started with the communion in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And in verse 28, it flat out says this, but let a man examine himself. Let a man take the exam. <laughs> and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Two parts. Before you eat of the bread and drink of the cup, let a man examine himself. And so that's the question. Um, we're, we're going to examine ourselves. How can I know that I'm saved? Am I in Christ? How can you know? I mean, I've had a few conversations about eternal security with people in here. People want to know about, you know, once saved, always saved, or, you know, anything. Well, I know there's conversations you know, that go on, and somebody's even said, you know, you ought to talk about on that sometime. Well, here we go. <laughs> here's my best effort. Um, you know, but here's what I can't do. I can't say yes or no. You know, this person said the prayer a long time ago, but they're doing all this and this, are they saved? I don't know. I don't know. If they stand before God, I don't know if that prayer they said 20 years ago, and there's never been any evidence in that person's life that they truly experienced God, I don't know. I just don't. You know, but what I can do is I can give us a test. We can look at some exam questions. We can examine ourselves and we see where we are in light of this word. And in 1 Corinthians 11.31, I like this. For if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. And of course, we always hear, well, judge not. You shouldn't judge people. Well, here's somebody you should judge. You should judge yourselves. You should take this book and read it and look at yourself like this is the mirror. And what do you see in the reflection? And if you can learn to judge yourself, you won't come under judgment. So, you know, here's kind of what I'm not asking. You ever prayed the prayer and asked Christ into your heart? You know, I, I bet everybody in here has done that at least one time. And I would put myself up against any of you. I bet I've done it about 137 times. I mean, it's a, a bunch of times I've asked that. And, you know, then somebody's like, well, were you sin sincere? As if, like, saying that prayer provides insurance. And that's what I think the church has been treating salvation prayers like. It's some sort of insurance. If you'll pray that prayer, now you just bought insurance and you're good to go. Your policy, God's got to honor it. You got to do all that. Um, but I look at it like this. I see students coming in every year and I mean, they got the brand new notebooks, the pencils. The, this is the year, Mr. Hopkins, I'm going to buckle down. Straight A's. And how long does it take for that? When does that go away? <laughs> two weeks. That's what I was going to say. Yes, it lasts about two weeks. 
10 school days, you know, out of 180, so you got 170 more where you're going to go back and do the same thing you did for those last 170 days the year before. And Christianity, it's, you, you can't look at it like that. Yeah, because I did it over and over. This, all right, I'm bowing down at that altar. I'm going to start living this thing. And I don't know, sometimes a week, sometimes two weeks, and I was back to doing just the same stuff. And that's why I would go and I'd get convicted again. Lord, I need you to to heal me, to come into my life, because I just don't know. I mean, I didn't want insurance. I wanted assurance. I wanted to be assured of my salvation. I wanted to be assured. And how can we be assured? I looked up some stuff, and this was, I thought this was kind of cool. In the Florida Gulf Beaches Marathon, okay, the only thing I could find statistics for was like in 2001, and I know a bunch of y'all like run like 100 miles a week or something. I ran like 1.6 miles yesterday, and I was like, oh, man, I thought I was going to die. But, uh, you know, so I know we got people in here that do that kind of stuff, but this was kind of interesting. Um, there were 1,023 people signed up to enter the race in the Gulf, Florida Gulf Beaches Marathon. 81%. 827 out of the 1,023 actually finished the race. So 19%, you know, didn't make it. And I, I think that's the, the, with the salvation experience, it's probably out of 1,000 that there's way more than that that doesn't start, the, you know, that, that doesn't finish the race. And, and you know, it's like when the, at the start of the race, you can always... Nobody, you, they all look like they're great. Like if I went out to like run some sort of huge marathon, you know, I mean, I'd probably buy me some new clothes for it and some new shoes. And I mean, I would look the part, man. I'd be out there like, yeah, just swinging my arms. Like, I got this. And man, I about about mile six, I'd be like, phew, I didn't train for this. I was not ready for this. And, and I, I wouldn't finish. I couldn't unless I walked it. I mean, there's there's just no way. There's, in the Bible, Judas Iscariot, man, he started a personal relationship with Jesus, but he didn't finish. You know, he had, I've had starts and stops. I'm saying stuff like Paul. He doesn't ask questions in the Bible like, have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? How can I know I'm saved? Well, have you ever said the prayer? Yeah, I said that when I was 12. I'm 40 now and my life is a wreck. You know, Paul asks simply, are you continuing in the faith? Examine your life since you claim to have received him. If you'll take this exam honestly, you can have assurance, assurance that we're saved. So this is how we know. And I came up with with five questions. There's probably a ton more questions that we could ask. And here's the first one. Do you have a new relationship with sin? And so that's what I realized going back that I didn't have. I came and I wanted, I said, a new relationship with God. But those sinful things, I didn't mind going back to. And if you have a new relationship with God, you should have a new relationship with sin. Do you hate 
that which you once loved? Do you hate that about yourself that you keep going back to this same sin, this same darkness? And in John chapter 3, verse 19, he says, This is the condemnation, that light has come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. Now look, that's John 3.19. Right after 3.16, which everybody knows, for God so loved the world, He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. And just a few verses later, this is the condemnation. Lights come into the world. So yes, Jesus is the light and He came and you say you've received Him. But men still love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. And John wrote that. He saw that, you know, when he was just starting his walk with Jesus. And by the time he wrote 1 John, and we go to 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, John has been walking with Jesus for decades. And he's an older man and he knows what it what what Christ produces in a man's life when he receives him. This is the message which we heard from him and declare to you. And he had to have been thinking about what he wrote all those years ago when he was recording what he saw with Jesus. That God is light and in him there's no darkness at all said i want you to know i have seen this man jesus christ there's nobody like him there will never be anybody like him all i can say about him he is pure and perfect light and there is no darkness in him whatsoever now here we go if we say we have fellowship with him what does that mean if we say we are saved you know, you're a born-again Christian? Yes. Okay? You received the Lord as your Savior? Yes. Okay? I am a Christian. That is what, how I identify myself. But if we say that and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And guys, I think about my own life that... Guys, listen, I mean, I, I can't judge myself by what you see up here for this 30 minutes or 40 minutes or however long I talk. You know, I can't judge myself by what people see out in my public life. Of course, I'm going to put the best, you know, I have on display, but who am I when nobody's looking? You know, as a young Christian, what was I looking at when nobody else was around? You know, what did I gravitate to? What, you know, what kind of stuff did I fill my ears with? And guys, honestly, I gravitated towards some dark music. And, you know, I listen to those things now, and I'm like, no way. And I had a man, I remember he came to me, you know, right after I had gotten saved. And he told me, he's, you know, and I don't know what shirt I was displaying. It was some sort of kiss or acdc or something and he's like man you really need to cut that off it's feeding you i'm like oh 
you know, old legalist right there, you know, you don't take all that, you know. And I'd get people to tell me what I wanted to hear. Oh, man, it's just good music. You just, I listen to all that stuff. But here I am saying I have no sin. And I don't mind listening to the very trash from people who flat out oppose God. What's wrong with me if I say I have no sin and, I, and I'm walking in darkness? I mean, come on, I'm a liar. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light, am I trying to walk as He Walked. I told you the story, and I meant to. I wanted to get the pictures and get him to upload them of just me as a kid that I told you where, you know, I was trying to be like my dad, and I was so young and so immature and so little, I couldn't be like my dad. It was impossible, but you, there was no doubt that kid's going to be like his daddy. And I hope now as people watch my life, they're saying, yeah, you know, he's, tr- he's trying to walk like Jesus. He's not even close to him. I mean, he's not perfect like, like Jesus, but in, look, look at it. Look how he walks. There's no doubt he wants to be like his father in heaven. If you walk in the light as he is in the light, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Remember a girl just telling me, all you have to do is just believe. And then, like, you're just sinless, just like that. Doesn't matter what you do from that point on. I'm like, really? If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And a lot of people will point to that verse. But is that just a one-time confession? Or is that a continuation throughout your life? I'm calling stuff sin in my own life now that I would have laughed if you, if I had told me as a young kid was sin now. And I'm still confessing that sin and stuff still comes up and I still have attitudes and I still have these things and I'm like, Lord, I need you to forgive me and I need you to take this from me if I confess my sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. If you're cleansed, Isn't it gone? Isn't it washed away? And if we say we haven't sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. Question number two. Do you obey his commands? Do you want to obey his commands? Because there's a big difference in doing something because you have to and doing something because you want to. And say, that's what I try to teach my kids every day. I will give them some sort of pump them up speech and say, guys, do this not because I make you, but because you choose to. And the difference is night and day. I teach those kids, you know, how many of you, mama and daddy, wake you up and they're like, yeah, they got to get me out of bed. I said, you need to stop that. You need to set your own alarm clock. And you need to choose to get out of bed and you need to choose to get ready and you need to choose to come to school because it'll make all the difference in the world. If you start out your day being made to go to school, well, as soon as you get to class, you're going to have to be made to work. And then when you get back home, mom and daddy's going to have to make you do your homework. You should choose to work. 
That was a huge chance for some amen in right there, man. Huge. Y'all blew that one, I'm going to tell you. Okay, I mean, the kid's like, yeah. You listen to that, man. You get him. Do you want to obey his commands? Let's look at what John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Now we know this. We know by, now by this we know we know him. Okay? How do you know that you know that you know that you've been saved? Well, I said a prayer when I was 16. No. No. I'm glad you said a prayer when you're 16. But we know that we know if we keep his commands. And if you say you know him and don't keep his commands, you're a liar. And the truth is not in him, in you. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Remember, it's a, it's a process. It is perfected. It is being perfected. You're never going to reach a state of perfection, but you continue to grow in him. By this, we know we're in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk. There it is again. Walk as he walked, keeping his word, wanting to do this. Guys, I'm not saying you'll never sin. You know, and if I get up here and tell you I have not sinned, since I was 16 years old and said the prayer, you know I'm a liar. You know it. And that, that book, that's this right here, tells you that I'm a liar. But here's what I can say. That yes, I have gone and I have sinned. And I have done some gross sins that I do not want any of you guys to know about. That I hope is forgiven under the blood. And I hope, but I will also tell you this. That in time... That sin, I would be so broken over it. I would be so tore up. God, I'm confessing my sin. I need you to take this away. I can't stop on my own. And then I'd do it again. But it tore me up. And I had to go back. Lord, I need you to cleanse me and I need you to forgive me. And I found that the more I focused on the sin, the more I, I would do that sin. And then I found there was one period of time in my life. I'm not saying I got rid of all of my sin or anything, but I can say I took the biggest leap ever when I said, I'm going to read this book in a year. And I didn't focus on my sins anymore. I just focused on daily reading three chapters a day because three chapters a day will allow you to complete it in a year. I concentrated on it. Didn't make it in a year. In like a year, I still had a few more books left. I said, you know what? Why well, stop? It took me 15 months to read the whole thing. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know when it happened. I just know somewhere in that process, I wanted to obey him. And it just was not that big of a temptation when that temptation was laid before me. I'm not saying he took them all away. But I'm saying he took more than half of them. I didn't want to use those words anymore around my friends. And it did not take them long to say, listen, what's different? You know, why ain't you talking like us? Why aren't you doing the same things? Man, I got saved. I think there's a different way. Pfft. I can't believe you did that. 
You know, and I, I got it. It was okay, but I was changed. I was different. I wanted something happened in there. So if you're sitting here and you're saying, man, that's me. When I get around this crowd, I say these jokes. And when I get around this, I do wrong. And when I'm alone with this, I do this. And I know it's wrong. I mean, you got to say, look, Lord, I know you hate this stuff. But I want to obey your commands. Will you put something in me to make me want to? And then pursue him. I had a kid email me the other day. I hadn't seen him in years. You know, he was like, I don't know if you remember, man. I'm like, of course I remember you. And um, he said, look, I got a pill addiction. He said, I can't shake it. I don't know what to do. You know, Mr. Hopkins, he said, I just don't know. And uh, I said, man, I said, here's what you do. I said, I'm sure you're like everybody else. You've said the prayer to ask forgiveness in your heart, right? He said, yeah. He said, I did that, you know. I said, all right. I said, now you got to go after him with your whole heart. you got to go after him. I want you to read your Bible. I want you to pray. I want you to take all that junk off your iPod that I know you listen to, and I want you to put praise and worship music on, and I want you to fill your mind constantly with the things of God. Just keep flooding yourself. Find preachers you want to listen to and go down the road and listen to them pour in the Word of God. Get you an audio Bible and just listen to it over and over. I said, you need to do that for like, at l I mean, start with... 21 days, but do it for months. Do it for months. I said, and all I'll be able to tell you is that he'll, he'll take it away. He will. If you'll pursue him, he's like, but I thought I had to get rid of that to come to, to him. I'm like, no, the truth is you can't get rid of that until you come to him. Confess your sin, bring it before him and then go after him. Believe that he did save you. Believe that he did change your heart and then go after him with all your heart. And somewhere you won't know when it happened. You won't know how it happened, but you'll realize you've been changed and he's taken this stuff away, but you've got to chase after him. And I don't know where he is. All he said was like, thank you, you know, thank you. You know, that's what I needed to hear. That's all I needed to tell him. Question number three. Do you hate a Christian brother or sister? Is there one? You know, if, they weren't, if, if people weren't involved, wouldn't like everything be so great? You know, if I could like just, I don't know, pick about a fourth of my students and be like, pew. All right, now we got it going on. And Tammy knows what I'm talking about. You know, like if I could just take five of them and just, y'all got to go, you know. Or, and then there's, there's people, guys, I'm telling you, I mean, I've, I've, the most trouble I've had with, you know, just being a preacher, being a teacher have come from Christian parents, come from people who claim to be Christians, and, you know, guys, I got nothing against, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and try to rack my brain and think of somebody I can't stand. Because right now, I got nothing against anybody. But look what he says. This is the reason I mentioned this. Because as I went through this, he who says he's in the light, he who says he's a Christian, and hates his brother in Christ, hates his brother, sister, is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. And guys, I realize that people, some people are hard to love. And some things you do for people knowing you are not going to get anything in return. But it will become so much easier to do if you will realize that God in heaven has been so good to you over the years when you didn't give him anything in return. 
And you don't really have anything to give him in return that can impress him. The only thing you can do is walk as he walked. And when he looked down, he sees his son. And that impresses him when it's more of him and less of you. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. So I don't know, guys. Listen, maybe, you know, there's somebody in your life that you can't stand. And maybe you're just going to have to take the high road and say, listen, um, I'm, I'm sorry for my part, but I want to make this right. I want to make as, as right as I can. And you're just going to have to go to go do it. I mean, that says it right there. If you have if you somebody you hate, you're in darkness and you're being blinded. Number four, do you love the things of this world? First John chapter 2, verse 15. Did not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, look how he starts, lust of the flesh. Um, the lust of the eyes. Remember what Jesus said, anyone who looks on women to lust after them has already committed adultery in their heart. What? Do our eyes gravitate toward? And the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. And I'm going to tell you guys, as I was putting this part together right here, I'll tell you, this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying... I'm calling things sin that I never in my life would have called sin. I got a call last week. Um, we got a bus driver on our route. Just uh, He's leaving. He left Friday. And they just called me. Said, hey, you know, will you run the route for a couple of weeks? Yeah, sure. You know, I asked Tanya to make sure she'd be cool because she was going to have to get the, the kids ready and everything. And, and uh, you know, the first thing I thought, man, that's probably like an easy 400 bucks right there. You know, $400 bills flashing in my eyes right there. And as I was putting this together, God said, you never asked me. You never asked me. All you saw was $100 bills. How much time is this going to take, Adam? Remember, when do, you, when do you get up and spend time with me, Adam? Oh, first thing in the morning. You're going to have to end it early now. Are you okay with that? God, I'm sorry. I am, I'm sorry. And guys, yes, I begin to weep. And yes, because I want to walk as he walked. And just for a few hundred dollar bills, you know, I just give all that up. I mean, I was disappointed in me. And even now, you know, I'm sorry, Lord, and I'm going to abide by my commitment for the next couple of weeks. But I can't believe the reason that I did it. It was the lust of the world. It was money. It was the things of the world. And I know people are like, that's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is when you compare yourself and look at yourself through this lens. It is. Are you continuing in Him? Here's the last one. I think this is the, the biggest one. Are you continuing? Do you, you know, I, I kind of look at it as one of those stock market graphs, you know. Maybe it goes, you know, maybe some people get saved and, and it goes down. You know, that's probably what happens in first. You know, you lose like half your investment. You're like, man, I'm worse off than when I started. But then it regains. 
And then it goes up a little bit. And then it goes down. And then it goes up. And then it goes down. And it's just this big old cycle of a roller coaster. But when you look at it, when I look at it over the past 22 years since I asked the Lord to come into my heart, yes, I had a big dip. But since then, it's been a lot of starts and stops. And I'm at least here I'm not down there anymore. I can look and say, yes, I am continuing in him. Look at how John says it in 1 John chapter 3, 4 through 9. He says, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sin. And in him, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him that word abide to remain in him to stay in him it's just a crazy thing about god it's like when i get into this little cycle of feeling his presence somehow it gets it gets away from me and it's like god will not let me have some formula to bring his presence it's all about remaining in him and abiding in him and whoever does that does not sin Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. And guys, once again, I know that we sin and we're not talking about, you know, about my situation last week. Yes, I sinned and I realize now the error of my mistake. We're talking about willful sinning. You know, yes, I'm a Christian, and yes, I'm still going to sleep with my boyfriend or girlfriend. Yes, I'm a Christian, and yes, I'm still going to watch trashy stuff on the computer and on TV whenever nobody else is around. Yes, I'm still going to hate that person because they did me wrong, and they deserve every bit of it. But whoever that kind of sin, you can know that they have neither seen them nor known them. Little children... Let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous. Just as Christ is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. You remember that Ananias and Sapphira story? I mean, they sold everything but, and, and, and only gave half, but said they gave everything. And he's like, why have you allowed Satan to do this? He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil as you look through the course of your life. Do you see God systematically destroying those things in your soul, can you look back and say, yes, he destroyed that in my life. I'm never picking it back up again. Yes, he changed that about my heart. I'm never going back to that again. Is there more stuff down the road? Yes. If I said the prayer 22 years ago, then I'm just some 22-year-old young man of God. I did some of the dumbest stuff as a 22-year-old young man, physical young man. So I know I've still got further to go. And that's why John calls them young men. Because John now is a man of God. He's been walking with him for decades. And yes, he knows him. And he's saying, young people, young men, young Christians in the faith, this is what I'm talking about. Whoever's not been born of God, whoever has been born of God, does not sin. For his seed 
Remember what I've been talking about the last couple of weeks? Something gets put in you that grows and changes you. You know, it's not just a stimulation thing. It's something gets planted in you. And he can't sin. I can't take money from you. I can't steal. I can't. It will kill me. I got something in me because I've been born of God. I know I've been born again because I continue in him and I continually see his works on my life. Well, Adam, you're just trying to scare me. You're just trying to be dramatic. Well, yeah, I really am. I'm trying to scare you. Because look at this, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not in, as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. So this is Paul. Work out your own salvation. I don't think we've had any trouble with that. Work out your own salvation. Well, have you said the prayer? You go to church every once in a while? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're good to go. You're fine. But look at this. This is what we've lost. We've lost with fear and trembling. Work out your own salvation. Evaluate the things that you do in your life and don't do this. Well, I can do this because I can find some verse in the Bible that allows it. No, with fear and with trembling, get on your face and say, Lord, are you okay with this? If it's not, if you're not, burn it out of me. Burn it out of me. There's a lot more questions on the test. And maybe I'll think of some more for the next communion that we do. But I think what we need right now, and Nate, if you have the music we're going to play, uh, you can go ahead and start that. I think right now, there's no way that I can offer, hey, let's just come take the supper now. Some of you need to make some things right in your heart. Okay, I've messed with this all week. I'm going to hop down here and I'm going to pray for you guys uh, but listen, man, I've already been convicted this week. God's already showed me stuff that, once again, if you told me 20 years ago it was wrong, I'd have been like, you crazy. But that's just evidence to me of the continuing work in my life. So, guys, I'm just going to open up the altar, and before we take the supper, we just examined ourselves. Go back to that um, that first one, 1 Corinthians 11, 28. Um, what we did was we just examined ourselves. And I don't know what you found while you're taking this test. I don't know what you found inside your heart. Um, but if there's anything you need to, to repent of, to confess of, God's faithful and just to forgive you. So let's take a time to do this and then take of the Lord's Supper. Thank you, guys.